Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. On BFM, it's uh, 10.09 here on Future Sense with Stephen Donald and myself, Nick Jeans. A couple of texts that have come in. Um, thank you for those. 0437341119. Um, oh, yeah, good. Thank you. So, yes. Just got another one, and I hadn't thought of that. I'll come to that in a sec. Um, great show, guys. In this context, it would be interesting and powerful to discuss how this dance through the eons between the feminine light and creative force and the masculine space and stillness is and should be mirrored in how we love each other and ourselves as human beings. Nice comment. Yes. And um, a second one here, which is sort of relevant to, uh, hey guys, and this is from our friend Stephen Booth, doctor. Doctor. Down there in Melbourne, who's been a guest on the show a number of times and will be again. Um, Hey guys, you might enjoy this work, the scientification of love focus largely on the pituitary hormone oxytocin and the implications for global change by the French obstetrician Michel Odont, who I am very familiar with, Stephen. Yes, indeed, from way back. Thanks for reminding me about him. That's great. Mm, the scientification of love looks at love holistically and in terms of the hormones which affect it in different parts of life, helping us to understand the conflict between civilization and the natural state of the human race. Interesting stuff. Very good, and thanks about the uh, the song. And I had thought of that song, and I will play that song. Oh, it's you, hello, darling. Nice to see you there on the on the text chain. Thank you. Yes, I, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> yes. So we've been talking about this uh, wobbly dynamic that we have in the first tier of consciousness as we move through layers one through six, where we alternate between left brain. Uh, perspectives and right brain perspectives and understandings of reality Mm. and so it is like an imbalanced wheel you know we swing one way we swing the other way and it arguably is the cause of all human conflict the fact that one person's looking from one balance and the other or center and the other one's looking from another center i mean Mm. that's that's actually not to say that we can't have conflict when both people are both looking from the same or through the same layer of consciousness that's true also so Mm. it's a it's a as always it's a fractal thing there's pieces within pieces within pieces And so I just want to talk briefly now about what happens when we transition into the second tier of consciousness. So through this massive shift that uh, people who've who've studied it in detail, like Claire Graves, are saying that it's it's the biggest shift that humanity has ever been through, the biggest change. uh, And uh, consequently, to make that change, the tension that needs to build up needs to be also more significant than any other tension we've had through any particular transition. We can certainly feel that happening in the world right now. Mm. Indeed. Because it's not far off. So uh, the, the really significant thing that happens when we shift into second tier and to this seventh layer of consciousness is that we get left-right brain synchronization. So for the first time ever, suddenly the two sides of our brain start to work in sync. And so we can access both of those different ways of interpreting reality simultaneously. And with that comes a disentanglement from this imbalanced stack 
in the first tier, uh, freeing up psych- psychological space and giving us what is effectively a quantum leap forward mm. in terms of our capacity to mm. cope with complexity and to solve problems. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a huge part of uh, Claire W. Graves' model when uh, you reach the second tier. And we, we talk about this model a lot, and those who listen to this show understand, I guess, what we're talking about. But s- simply put, what Steve's saying there is, and it's an amazing thing because it, it really it really sort of, for me personally, it's, it's put me in a place where I've had to really see what this actually means and begin to feel it. And that is that when, you, when we go to this second tier that Steve's talking about, the psychological space that opens up uh, from integrating or embracing or, or including all of those previous iterations of ourselves, all the ways that we've been before, not judging them or making them wrong. Yes, terrible things have happened, etc. But including them all allows actually an enormous amount of space in consciousness. But that space is rather hard to be with because it's very unfamiliar to most of us still, isn't it? We're just beginning to negotiate this new space and how that what that actually means to have that much space in consciousness. In yeah, space. it's I mean it's because it is the biggest transition we've ever been through yeah. on a on a both on a personal level and a species level. When we're going through it personally, uh, clearly it's going to be um, you know not not without. Uh, difficulty. Yeah. There, there are many different dynamics which arise in there, and we've certainly spoke about them, spoken mm. about a lot of them on the show yeah. previously. I mean, one of them is this movement beyond the rational mind. So, so in layers four, five, and six, the rational mind is dominant, and in the earlier layers one, two, and three, we're we're in a pre-rational zone mm. where our basic urges, instincts, emotions are dominant. Yeah, similar to being a child and adolescent in that early stage, and then growing into some sense of maturity in those four, five, six layers, and then That's from right. that maturity, something else is possible. Then exactly, and and the interesting thing about it is, in terms of maturity, uh, that these things are actually related to the complexity of life conditions, mm-hmm. not necessarily to age. Mm-hmm. And so, for somebody who lives in a relatively static set of life conditions, where they very rarely encounter a new problem, mm-hmm. then they may well live most of their life mm-hmm. in those less complex operating mm-hmm. systems, because that's all they need in, to to cope. And that's human nature. We're we're highly adaptable. Yes. And when we move beyond six, we're moving beyond this rational zone to what's called the trans-rational zone, which is not rational Mm. by nature. And so moving from rationality to something that's non-rational is quite problematic, particularly because our earliest stage of being was also a non-rational stage. And so we go through typically this time of confusion where we're trying to figure out, okay, is that pre-rational or trans-rational, mm. this, this information or perception that I'm getting here? Mm. And often it's a mixture when we're in the middle of the change process, and that's why it can be so confusing. Which is also, I think, uh, isn't it why intuition is a, a growing uh, capacity and ability within us, but also it's quite it's very important to be discerning about what actually is intuitive and what is coming from... From fear, uh, for from example. From fear, for example. Exactly, yeah. yes, yes. Yes, absolutely. So in this transition into layer seven, into the second tier of consciousness. Uh, If you can imagine in the first tier that each side of our brain, each hemisphere is a little spiral of its own and we're flicking between left and right, left and right. And all of a sudden, as we transition into the seventh, we get a unifying spiral, which encompasses, doesn't replace those, those, spirals left and right are still there but we get a unifying spiral which is spinning right around the whole brain so we get a new center and we get the capacity to within the confines of that new expanded center to appreciate 
the the subsets, the the smaller spins left and right. Mm. Okay? Uh, and this is why this is giving us a, a quantum leap in our capacity. And uh, this is, of course, equated with the activation of the seventh chakra, which is centered physically around the pineal gland and was called by Rene Descartes, the philosopher, the, the seat of the soul. The seat of the soul. Yeah. I've got a rather appropriate... Have you finished? The, uh, finished yeah, I'm never finished. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we know that. Um, but I've got a lovely quote here from Nikola Tesla, which is, just happens to be on the screen right now, of course, synchronistically, and kind of applies to what you've just been speaking about there. And he said back then, we are whirling through endless space with an inconceivable speed. All around us, everything is spinning. Everything is moving. Everywhere is energy. There may be some way of availing ourselves of this energy more directly. Then, with the light obtained from the medium, with the power derived from it, with every form of energy obtained without effort from the store, forever inexhaustible, humanity will advance with giant strides. The mere contemplation of these magnificent possibilities expands our minds, strengthens our hopes, and fills our hearts with supreme delight. Beautiful. Beautiful. And of course, this whole idea of spin and the fact that everything is spinning, you know, from the, the tiniest uh, piece of, of matter on up to the most complex uh, beings, yes. uh, it also is what's behind the, the drive or the, the, the search to uh, obtain an a, um, infinite source of energy, you know, yeah. in, in these. Uh, yes. In these various machines that people are developing around the world mm. right at this moment, no doubt, mm. uh, and and it's as as Tesla knew most likely, you know, he, he was he was uh, tapped into that underlying spin and the energy that could be extracted from that, and so uh, just back to the, the seventh uh, chakra and the seventh layer of consciousness, something really interesting happens when all of that is activated because if you think that once we've got seven chakras activated the center of those seven is the fourth right which is our heart our heart center and so by the synchronization of the brain and the activation of the seventh chakra we also recenter ourselves in the heart once again and and this is as as i uh, mentioned before this is uh, the result of a, a second heart opening as we're transiting through the sixth mm. layer of consciousness and once the, once we activate the seventh then our heart becomes our center our, the center of our electromagnetic field surrounding uh, the body and uh, it subsequently lights up the whole body in, a, in an energetic sense, which is what leads to, to the talk about the light body, which was discussed previously on the show, and we'll discuss again, I'm sure. Yeah. So this is a tremendous recentering, not just in the brain, but but in the heart, and it's a whole body centering. Yeah. Um, and and su subsequently, you know, this is where all this tremendous capacity comes from. So we we get this ability to do both, and uh, and that was a you know common expression in the organizational change world when I was working there years ago right, was everybody's looking for the both and yeah we want that and we want that we want both and we don't we just want you know we, we, we used to do a, uh, a a similar kind of exercise back in a in a thing I was involved in back in the 90s where where you do the the yes and exercise because the tendency of the human being intellectually in the mental level is to go but so someone says something and exactly. we go yeah but uh, you know which is part of our discussion part of how we create part of how we dialogue part of how we make things happen but if you do exercise where someone starts a story it can be anything at all it can be something silly 
and at some point you sort of jump in, but you don't go, yes, but, which it's amazing the tendency to go sort of the negative or the contrary somewhere. But instead you go, yes, and, and you keep expanding the story out and out and out until it gets crazy. And the vibe in the room and a whole bunch of people do this together, one-to-one, you know, 20, 30, 50 people doing it, is uh, the whole energy just elevates because suddenly everything is more is added to rather than something taken away in order to be replaced by something else, et cetera, yes. et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Very nice, but mm. very challenging too. For, for Very challenging for, for lots of people. To yeah. do that. Um, and the other thing that happens with the activation of this seventh layer is all of a sudden we have a visibility of the nature of the previous six layers mm. and actually the fact that they exist. We, we really, I mean, you can read about it in a book and sort of get a mental concept of it when you're within the first six layers perhaps, but you can't actually directly experience it and sense it unless you've activated this brain synchronization that I'm talking about. And, and that's because we have a new center. So prior to that, when we were flipping between left brain and right brain, we had two centers, one in the left brain and one in the right brain, in which center we were looking from or perceiving reality from it was biased one way or the other way yes uh, and all of a sudden now with full brain synchronization we have a center in the center of those two halves and so for the first time we have a perspective where we can look at those left and right centers and and see them as separate things and perceive them mm. and in the process of that it opens up uh, a multi-dimensional access we're accessing the singularity in a, in a multi-dimensional way uh, and so we've gone from this um, realization of the spin of the wheel to the realization of the the orbits of the planets and now opening up a realization of a multi-dimensional spin a multi-dimensional spiraling it's amazing uh, when you look back into fairly recent history but when you look back to Mahatma Gandhi of course uh, one of the great souls have been on this planet in, in recent centuries uh, and how he and his simple language, a very simple quote I have here, uh, could see this, knew this, felt this, understood this. He said, The call of the spinning wheel is the noblest of all because it is the call of love. Yes, there Bang. you go. Exactly. Yeah. That dynamic right there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Gandhi, like Einstein, was someone who expressed in a marvelous way the capacities of, of layer six and then uh, certainly with Einstein mm -hmm. you know he progressed through this shift in consciousness and started expressing himself from layer seven later in life and, uh, and I'm, I wouldn't be surprised I mean that you know may well be an example of Gandhi doing that also yeah, yeah very interesting and and with this new centering this new uh, whole body heart centering we open up uh, the, uh, the real capacity to synchronize the entire world um, you know the, which which is coming to us piece by piece through layer six as we get this capacity to put ourselves in someone else's shoes and, and feel like okay, what it's like to be there what it's like to be them uh, and then uh, once we get the left and right brain synchronization we'll we'll have access to directly sensing and being able to work with the dynamics which separate us at the moment mm. due to these left and right brain biases that we have yeah. so it's the beginning of a new chapter in the the symphony of, of human existence as grave said and then of course one step beyond that the eighth layer of consciousness which is the next feminine expression which will of course build upon this brain synchronization and expand it uh, will bring stability global stability mm. well hopefully we'll be around for that although because it's not going to be too far in the distance it's you it's, never know. it's really not mm. and uh for everything that i have experienced and studied is telling me that this transition that we're going through at the moment which is from five to six 
will be very, very rapidly followed by a transition of a critical mass of people to seven. Uh, and, and this is uh, also evidenced in, if we look at the time scale of each of these eras that unfolded throughout history, of the, you know, the, uh, the fourth layer being thousands of years, the, the fifth layer, the modern scientific industrial being hundreds of years, uh, a couple of decades probably for this transition through six, and then we're gonna have uh, within probably less than two years a critical mass tipping over uh, into this seventh layer of consciousness. And we'll still be here on BFM broadcasting at that point, so you know you can, you can go with us right through that process. <laughs> I just want to go back to, to Gandhi again because it's rather important, the spinning wheel, because of course the spinning wheel, as I recognise as I found that quote, of course, was a, a major symbol in India in, in the nationalist movement which, which uh, led to independence, and the spinning wheel was, was a, a, a nationwide symbol of, uh, of unifying extremely diverse peoples within that country, which had never really worked before. So it's fascinating to use that analogy. In when you say spinning together. wheel, are you talking about uh, like the kind of wheel they used to spin silk? Or yes, because yeah. that's what Gandhi did. Yeah. He was a spinner. Right. And it was actually to, to go back to that, to that core community uh, activity uh, that was that was part of the symbol of, of independence for India, but it had that metaphor of, of spinning together of spinning people together, of spinning hearts together to one heart, to a global expression or to a national expression of itself, which became Indian independence yeah. in 47. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. It's also interesting what you said before about the invention of the wheel as a potter's spinning wheel, and, mm. and that was for the process of the creating something at the center, which is very interesting. Exactly. Uh, lots of lots of texts here um, thank you thank you thank you things we don't need to talk about someone's just written and said two centers best news i've heard in a long time hallelujah <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is interesting um hi guys if you don't know this guy already check out the writer jeremy griffith one book called a species in denial covers the dilemma of adolescents when they realize adults aren't cooperative loving and selfless but rather competitive egotistical and selfish and thus suicidal and they either resign to it or stay connected to their soul, thereby staying innocent, and then the world becomes difficult as they see what's going on and are also bullied as the resigned people want to kill innocence. As, yeah, it's a bit hard to understand. I mean, texting is so difficult to get the meaning of it. Yes, but I think the yeah. book is important there, what yeah. you've said there, the denial that covers the dilemma of adolescence when they realise that, well, but basically the adults, they're, they're caregivers, the people that they're looking up to, aren't all aren't what they seem to be. Thanks for that. I've noted that name. I'll check yeah, it out. Yeah, very cool. That's great. Excellent. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate, and spiral up. You are on Future Sense, last half an hour with myself, Nick Jeans, and Steve McDonald. At 11 o'clock, it's pregnancy, birth, and beyond in the house. And as I said before, they've just passed 200,000 listens on their podcasts Fantastic job, um, girls and guy. Thanks to Sean, too, who's in there as well. Very good job. Yeah, they've done a wonderful thing. Indeed. That's mm. great. Um, that song, of course, Circle Game from Joni Mitchell, classic, and uh, as um, thanks to Julie, who said the original by far the best. Um, yes, great song. And the Circle Game, and so, sort of a bit, um, for that era, I think, kind of a pretty deep philosophical take. Uh, and, and yet also, now we're moving to something else. And, and yet that the, the notion of... Um, of not the circle going round and round, but the spiral is a different thing altogether. And I note that the words inspire, respire, and other words in English are related to 
um, the spiral to the to the spire in the church and to that notion of spiral spiralism if, if that's a word <laughs> spiralism, <laughs> spiralism. That's, spiralism that's what we're into we're into spiralism absolutely and of course way back in other cultures Sufi whirling and many people here have actually experienced it, and I had the great pleasure and you have in Egypt I think you said off air and I have yes. in Turkey in Istanbul to watch the genuine uh, Sufi whirling absolutely extraordinary it, stuff it is quite amazing absolutely yeah and the purpose of that of course is is a, is a sense of, of worship and and ceremony. But particularly, it's thought that by this whirling process, you're you're abandoning your own nafs, which is a sort of word for egos, and your own personal desires, by listening to the music, focusing on the divine, and spinning one's body in repetitive circles, which has been seen as a symbolic initiation, or sort of a symbolic imitation of the planets in the solar system orbiting the sun. And of course, it's an ancient practice. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, and and my own uh, background as a Taoist, of course, studying the Taoist arts, which oh, yes. are all built around spiral motion. Also, mm. uh, the the kung fu style that I've studied for many years yeah. is really about retraining the body to move in a spiraling way, uh, and, uh, and you know, and and it, it is also a, a moving meditation in that process as well, in the same way that the, as the the Sufi whirling yeah. is. Very interesting stuff, and of course you've got the the, the Tai Chi symbol uh, from Taoism, yeah. which which expresses that spiraling dynamic in a two dimensional form. Mm. And yeah. of course, in uh, more basically in all cultures, their representations. I was thinking particularly of the Celtic, the Celtic, and that 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 simple spiral that is yeah. basically everywhere. It is. And our good friend Russell has a tattoo on the on the part of his body. <laughs> Hello, Russ. <laughs> which is that? <laughs> two of those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just wanted to talk uh, a little bit with the time we have left about change, the process of change as a spiraling dynamic. And at this time in history, I think uh, it's as we approach this big shift in consciousness, it's very much about unpacking our fairly two-dimensional understandings of these things into three-dimensional, you know, and more multi-dimensional uh, models representations, and, and just you know teasing the wheel or the circle out into a spiral is one wonderful representation of mm -hmm. that uh, if you yeah. can see that in your mind's eye so isn't it interesting that often we call change revolution <laughs> the turning yes indeed a revolution the revolution the evolving but the uh, the turning of yeah yeah, yeah. And uh, often I talk about this change dynamic and, and relate it to like a, a ride on a roller coaster where you're sort of starting at the top of a hill and then you're plunging down into the depths of change mm. and then using the momentum to shoot you back up the other side. Uh, and, and usually in the, the human transformational process, we end up higher than where we started. That's because we're tapping into an, an energy source, which is uh, an infinite energy source. And so um, we also talk about the slingshot effect and the world is very much in the slingshot effect at the moment, which, which is this dipping down to the bottom of, of that uh, change cycle where we create the tension required to shoot us back up the other side. And so we can unpack that. I mean, that's, that's one of the most simple explanations in that roller coaster mm. kind of image. But if we unpack that to a spiral and imagine that we're actually on a continuous evolution, re revolutions through this spiraling rings, which are taking us higher and to places of more expansive understanding, expansive perspectives and, and greater capacity. Mm. And then when we come to a, a time of change where we're transitioning between two significant stages or layers, 
then uh, that slingshot effect is effectively us sliding back down the spiral. So we come to a point of stillness and then we slide backwards down the spiral and it's during that backwards uh, spiraling that we build the tension and store the energy for the subsequent shift which is going to take us further higher up the spiral. Um, and it, you can, there are lots and lots of analogies for this sort of thing, but you mentioned a washing machine yeah. before, you know, and, and of course we've got these uh, wonderful washing machines that spin backwards and forwards these days. And um, I was thinking, like, if your washing machine only span in one direction, you know, all the dirt that was kind of stuck on one side of the clothes would never get washed out. And, and you need that change in rotation, the backspin, to mm. actually mm. wash out that dirt mm. that otherwise would remain stuck in the fabric mm. well, of life. Well, the word for that is widdershins. Spinning widdershins is spinning backwards, yeah. spinning anti-clockwise. So you've got to spin one way and then you spin widdershins. Yeah. Yeah, great so, word. So we need, to, you know, we need that backward spin to yep. really cleanse things before we move forward again. Mm. And just like a washing machine that's going backwards and forwards, you know, life also spins us like that. We get spun forwards and we get spun backwards. And at the moment, we we're get getting, spun out. We're getting spun backwards. I mean, it's interesting as globally. you're speaking, of course, we use that word to also uh, to describe how we, how we lose control. We, get, we spin out of control. You know, I'm, I'm spun out, um, you know, so th there's also that negative connotation and, and we haven't got, we're not going to have time today to look at the news by the look of it, but of course the spin in propaganda, that word is used there. So it's been a sort of appropriated as, as, a, as a way to describe getting out of control yeah. or losing the truth, yes. losing the centre. Losing, so yeah. losing the centre, yeah. Losing the centre, yeah. And that's, you know, it's, it's when things, when, when the centre moves that we become imbalanced and that also is a time of growth. And uh, I, I think, you know, too often we think of being imbalanced, thrown off centre and shifting our centre as a, a detrimental thing. But it also, it's, it's something that allows us to explore new experiences, discover new things. And it's, it's what our, our masculine-oriented eras, paradigms, ways of being are really about. It's to spin us out and expand us, mm. uh, particularly mm. in an outer sense, whereas the, you, you, it's also fair to say that the feminine-oriented eras are about spinning us inwards and expanding us in an inward sense. Mm. Well, uh, interestingly, as you're speaking, I'm thinking of the famous poem by W.B. Yeats, The Second Coming, which itself entitled probably says something about what he's talking about here in the very first, first lines. Turning and turning to the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart, the centre cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world, and so on and so on. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. very much from that era, that the idea that the centre must stay the same, and if not, then things are lost. Yes, yeah, yeah, and of course. And, and I guess this is um, part of the human dynamic of, of resisting change, which is a very yeah. natural thing for humans yeah. to do, is once we find that balance with a centre that we know and are comfortable with, we don't want to lose that. Mm. And so, it, you know, it takes some disturbance usually for us to uh, to be thrown off center and to grow in the process someone's written it with regards to uh, washing machines been spinning both ways is called agitation that's right that's fantastic it yeah is. very good it, it is absolutely yeah <laughs> love it yeah. everything's in language if you look for it i, I know isn't yeah. it amazing yeah. yeah yeah and and you know so it's clear uh, why so many people are seeing the world particularly as they transition into this sixth layer and they're looking through new eyes and looking through a new window back at the scientific industrial era they see it as a time of imbalance mm. uh, because it has been it's been throwing our center to to make us grow indeed yeah. in regards to sufi whirling someone else has uh, has written in because i know this especially in the osho in the osho rajneesh 
community here. A lot of people have experience with doing Sufi whirling, and I suspect this writer possibly may be part of that community, but not necessarily. He says, or she says, in Sufi whirling, I arrive at a still point of awareness while my body is whirling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very good. And that's, they've just captured the essence of the value of moving meditation. You know, it's one thing to meditate and, and be still, but it's it's another level of challenge again to move and meditate at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. You're resonating right now on Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. Well, we're nearly at the end of the show. Um, what have we got there? What do you got? You got something? You um, just talking about lost contact there because uh, somehow dynamic. the circle round, the circle was broken. We did. We um, did. Similar to that, the Chinese calligraphy, you know, where they they draw the circle perfectly, but it's not. It's never perfect because it can't be perfect in that. You know, yeah. The notion of drawing the circle and they just yeah don't quite get there because that's never supposed to be perfect. No, no, no. And it's it's not quite closed. Not too, quite closed. It's, it's not a circle. It's a spiral. That's right. Really. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were talking about changes of spiraling dynamic and um, the process of transformation then is really about a shifting of your center. When we go through a transformational change, and I'm talking here about a change in our psychology, our consciousness, where we're moving from one particular way of perceiving reality, yeah. which is centered on in the first tier of consciousness, either around our left brain or right brain capacities, and we are literally, when we go through one of these changes, and everybody's been through one of these changes. If you think about your life, uh, your you know some of the the earlier years, you might not remember, but certainly your change from being a child to a to an adolescent, which which often is around uh, you know moving out of that family centered way of being, which mm. is a right brain centered mm. way of being. It's communal, and then into that place of individuality where you want to break out of the the mm. restraints of the family customs and those sorts of things you want to explore your power discover who you are in the world and get out there move move away from the center of the family into the outside world um, there you've got a transformational change which is shifting your center from right brain to left brain and then later in life when you've done the wild things and you've you know if, Got your fingers burnt. What, what do you mean? You mean I, can't, I can't do any more wild things? I'm sorry. Rich, That's just, not going to happen. Always remember, Nick, these are nested inside each other. They never go away. Exactly. It's thank always thank there if you that. want to go back. Right? Good. I'm happy to always, do that. It's always there. And you do, I'm sure. Um, and, and so, you know, at the end of those wild, individually oriented, mm. exploratory years, um, as a result of our life conditions and the things that we create for ourselves from living that way, then we have we're, we're drawn back, we're transformed back into another right brain-centered way of being, which is the the stable layer four, find a purpose in life, something you know, some uh, way that you can mm. create a long-term legacy for yourself mm. or or for society, and and live in a more disciplined way around uh, mm. that center, and then. And so on we go, uh, and it's the complexity, the change in complexity of our life conditions, which often we can generate ourselves, uh, which is also partially generated by the outside world. You know, it's a combination, mm-hmm. and, and also influenced by our, our history, our psychological history, mm-hmm. and our physical history, and all of these things add up to create the necessary tension to tip us into one of these transformational changes, yeah. a shift, a spiraling, a spiraling backwards initially during the early stages of the change to build the tension and then a, a sudden movement forward, a breakthrough which takes us up to a higher center mm. on, on the spiral of life. Yeah. And we shouldn't, well I, I, sh- I can't uh, not 
uh, in this discussion talk a little bit briefly about uh, the Fibonacci series and the golden spiral, uh, what's known, which is a logarithmic spiral. And um, it's a growth factor which is which just continues forever. There's no end to that. And many people are into that now. Many of the great buildings, cathedrals, sacred sites around the world, all sorts of things were built on the principle or at least partly of uh, the Fibonacci series of the Golden Spiral and the Golden Mean, as it's called, including the Great Pyramid too. And, of course, those spirals also exist in nature everywhere, and that's one of the most incredible things, that somehow or other in nature, on this planet, we kind of have uh, everything shown to us in nature directly, if only we had the eyes to see. And I guess in some ways what's happening now is more and more people are seeing those reflections in nature, in the nature of being, that, oh, this is us. We are spiralic in nature, you could say. Yeah, and that's how we're evolving. Absolutely, and very much connected to our perception of beauty as well. Yes. The, the, that golden mean. Yes, Leonardo da Vinci, among other great artists, uh, and I think also Van Gogh, but many others. Certainly da Vinci was focused very much in that uh, in the golden mean and the golden ratio, which uh, Fibonacci was an Italian mathematician. You probably figured that out, who discovered that, uh, that series of numbers which uh, can do all sorts of incredible things and is everywhere in nature. Mm. including our DNA. Our DNA, in fact, the rectangular aspect of our DNA stacked in the spiral as it is, is in a golden mean uh, ratio, one side to the other precisely. Exactly. That's amazing. Exactly, in a double helix. In a double helix. Yeah, so the the double spin right right there. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Fantastic. Everywhere you look, you'll find a spiral. Everywhere you look. Um, And I should just remind you to to check out our podcasts at futuresense.it, futuresense.it. That's a portal to uh, all the podcasts and our Twitter account at Future Future Sense Show, where we will post uh, those and also post all the articles and um, and research that we have uh, during the show and other shows. Yeah, that's just about it. I think we've got a few more minutes, though. What can I, we? I think so. Yeah. Yes. Well, you've I, got something. I can see you've got something brewing. There. I can feel it. If we just uh, think about all of the things that we've discussed. Mm. Uh, on on this show and uh, the spiraling nature of things this changing center the the left brain right brain variants that mm. we get as we as we grow and change and adapt to our life conditions and relate that to the outside world you know all the conflict we see in the outside world people having different viewpoints on things because they're they're centered in different places and not just centered left brain or right brain but also centered in a vertical sense at different layers of complexity in those different layers of consciousness so it's a multi-dimensional uh, as- aspect it's not a, it's not a flat map and uh, think about all of the change that's going on in the world right now as we experience this enormous shift and, and it's not just a shift in human consciousness but it's a shift in human consciousness that's synchronized with a physical shift in the Earth's conditions, yeah. a, a change in the position of our own solar system within the galaxy, yeah. and no doubt even higher spins and cycles that we can't even really map or mm. understand at this stage beyond our own galaxy. The play, you know, the the movement of our own galaxy through and the that galaxy spins around a black hole at about twenty six degrees Sagittarius. And that's what we're doing, the whole galaxy, all yeah, of us. Exactly. So we've got all that change going on and we're experiencing what is essentially a phase shift at the moment and it's impacting all of those scales from the largest scale all the way right down to to our very personal experience and consequently everything's changing the the cycles uh, of our climate are changing you know the the earth itself is is uh, changing in relation to the, the rest of the 
solar system mm. and uh, and we're also crossing into a, a different part of the galaxy which has a different weather pattern mm. so um, I, I guess uh, something to meditate on just the the concept of the simple concept of the spiral mm. with the center and the center itself being the heart mm. where the truth lies and if we if we from a, a metaphysical point of view if we think about that heart at the center of the spiral as a portal to other dimensions uh, and uh, at a at a you know a, a quantum particle level uh, a window through to the quantum field uh, and the fact that as we transition over the next decade or two as a species into this brain full brain synchronization state that we are opening a window of perception a window of consciousness and a window that enables our own action within this physical world through to that quantum field beautiful and, and everything it contains and when you get to that point and you meet the dweller on the threshold it'll be a large spider sitting in the center of a very elaborate very strong beautiful <laughs> web because uh, they do such an amazing job of, uh, of using these principles naturally in, in the way that they spin out. Spin their webs. Mm. There yeah, you go. Exactly. Thanks for joining us here, and uh, hopefully it wasn't too much of a head spin. And um, no propaganda here. We're trying the best to, to give, us, uh, give you what we, what we seem to be discovering and knowing and no claim that it's the truth. But hey, go and, as we always say, go and do your research yourself. That's Check right. it out. Look out for the spin. Been, yeah, we'll be back next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.